If you're listening to this podcast, it means you're ready, no, more than ready, to have a major breakthrough in your restaurant. You're hungry for change and you're hungry for growth. That's why you're feeding your mind right now with all of this valuable information. But to drive those changes, you need to be really smart about what you're doing and to make the right choices before you take action. You need help from someone who's been there, someone to coach you through it, even just someone to help you look at your restaurant differently. That's what restaurant coaching is designed to do. Working with a professional coach will grow your business exponentially. Donald Burns, the restaurant coach, is offering a free one-on-one business strategy session for listeners of this podcast. That's right, a one-on-one session with the restaurant coach himself, a $500 value. It's completely free, no strings attached. Just go to therestaurantcoach.com to book your session today. Loading in three, two, one. Welcome to the Restaurant Coach Podcast. It's the cure for the common restaurant, expert interviews, tools, and tips to get you the restaurant you know it can be. Now, here is your host, Donald Burns, the Restaurant Coach. And welcome to the Restaurant Coach Podcast. It is the cure for those that refuse to accept mediocrity. Today, I'm, I'm really excited to make a few announcements. Number one is that, you know, the year is rapidly coming to a close, and that means it's time to finish 2022 strong and set 2023 up for massive success. Every November, I hold an online workshop series all centered around giving you some tools that you can use immediately to amp up your team, your menu, your marketing, your sales, and your profits. It's called the Three Days to Thrive Challenge, and it's happening November 28th, 29th, and 30th, all online. Don't get on a plane, don't have to travel, make it easy for you. You can head over to 3daystothrivechallenge.com to get signed up. And announcement number two is that my third book, Your Restaurant Culture Sucks, is going to finally be released as an audiobook. Yes, I know, I know. For all of those that love to listen to books like I do, this one is truly epic. It's 12 hours, 12 hours of tools, tips, and ways that you can create a culture that will allow you to make more money and work less in your restaurant. I have the impeccable Sean Pratt narrating this one too. He is the man whose voice brought all three of my other audiobooks to life, including Outstanding Mindset, Your Restaurant Sucks, and Your Restaurant Still Sucks. I truly, I mean, I, I really love this last book in the Your Restaurant Sucks trilogy. And I want to give you a sneak peek into one of my favorite chapters. So sit back, take notes, and let's talk about the 19 fatal mistakes that restaurants make. The 19 fatal mistakes restaurants make. Mistakes. We have all made them. You'll make quite a few more while running a restaurant. However, You want to avoid these 19 fatal mistakes that 80% of restaurants make each year, which contributes to the low survival rate that restaurants experience. Of all the restaurants that open this year, only 50% will still be open in three years. The even more shocking statistic is that only 5% will survive the 10-year mark. How sad is that? Only 5 out of 100 restaurants will celebrate their 10th anniversary. So, what can you do to increase your odds? Everything you can. Read books and blogs. Subscribe to podcasts and YouTube channels. Attend workshops and seminars. 
join a mastermind group, find a mentor, hire a business coach. Okay, that was a little self-promotion. Just do something that breaks you free from the limited mindset that keeps most stuck in fear, doubt, and denial. Take a hard look at the following mistakes and give yourself a little reality check. If you're guilty, admit it, and then take conscious action to change it. Your restaurant can take a different direction if you decide to do something other than what you were doing right now. It's not working, or you wouldn't be here listening to this. Mistake number one. The leader does not know their natural strengths. What are you good at? What are you okay at? What do you suck at? Seriously, to get ahead of the competition, you must know what your natural strengths are. For example, how do you lead naturally? What is your preferred communication style? How do you deal with stress? These are just a few questions that are answered when you use a behavioral assessment tool. Once you know your strengths, you can build a team around you that will complement your strengths and minimize your weaknesses. So, the first step to getting control of your restaurant is knowing your strengths. The easiest way to do this is to use a behavioral assessment tool. There are quite a few on the market, like DISC and Predictive Index. For restaurants, I prefer the ProScan survey from PDP Global. It has a unique part that measures your kinetic energy, which allows me to understand how much natural energy you have throughout a day to accomplish tasks. That is critical for getting a lot done. These assessments, when appropriately administered, have a 96% accuracy rate. I won't work with a client until they take a behavioral assessment. I need to understand how you will communicate, lead, react to stress, manage tasks, and what is keeping you stuck where you are. You stop running in circles when you know your strengths and start getting more done. You also now have a tool to build a dynamic team around you to accomplish all you want. Mistake number two. They don't have solid core values that they live. I have preached about core values throughout this audiobook and my others for one simple reason. They are your ethical compass. You must know what you stand for if you ever want to attract your ideal guests and staff to your brand. Your core values are not to be taken lightly. They are the foundation of all great cultures. I challenge you to find a great restaurant or any brand that does not know its core values. They know them, they preach them, they live them. Integrity is a core value that will attract or repel people to you. We hate hypocrites. Those that don't know who they are will live a cursed existence and are doomed to wander the restaurant industry without a clear path or plan to get there. Core values are the perfect tool for keeping your team aligned with your culture. Those who buy into the core values will be a better fit long-term for your brand. They will perform better. They will be less likely to leave. They will be more accountable than those that don't believe in your core values. While core values are not a fix for every restaurant's problem, they prevent about 95% of the potential issues. Mistake number three. They don't have a clear and concise vision for their brand. 
The Bible says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It's true. Without a clear vision, your restaurant will perish. You must have a goal or target beyond just surviving, the goal of 80% of restaurants. I talk to around 50 restaurants a week, and the majority of them have a goal to break even. That is not a goal. That is a desperate cry for help. You opened a business to thrive, not just survive. Having a clear vision and direction is vital to long-term success. The most successful restaurants reevaluate their monthly goals, targets, and mission to ensure that they are still on the path they set out for. Now, sometimes you need to make course corrections, and you can only do that when you have a plan. Otherwise, you're just wandering around, hoping your business will be fine. But unfortunately, hope is not a strategy. Wanting to be fine is the same as wanting to be average. Being average sucks. Honestly, it won't make you any money. The primary way to uncover your vision is to ask yourself quality questions. For example, why does your restaurant exist? Why do you do this every single day? And why is success important to you? If you don't know the answers to those simple questions, you need to do a little soul-searching immediately. Mistake number four. They haven't defined their standards. We talk about standards a lot in this business, and yet it is the one challenge most restaurants have trouble enforcing. Why? Because their standards keep changing. Or worse, they have double standards. While you think this would be common sense, I can honestly say that after over 40 years in this business, common sense is not very common. It would be best if you understood exactly what your standards and expectations are. One of the significant issues in any business is poor communication. Poor communication comes from undeclared or miscommunication of expectations. You solve that by getting all those standards and expectations out of your head and written down on paper. This one step will save you many problems down the road, but you must do it. The words I hate to hear from new clients are, well, they should know. They don't know, so let's get them to know. After you have declared and clarified your standards, if the team doesn't follow them, they now fall into a different category. They don't care. Those people just need to be allowed to find employment somewhere else. Mistake number five. They have systems that are not maximized or used consistently. Right now, I would make a sure bet that you have some clipboards hanging up with checklists on them that rarely get used. Am I right? Nine out of ten times, I am. It's not that I am psychic. It's just a common problem. Checklists are designed to help us run a more effective business, yet they become just an eyesore sitting dormant on the walls of many restaurants. So, what can you do? Checklists are a great tool if appropriately used. That is the key for any tool. It must be used to be of value. A hammer sitting on the table doesn't do anything by itself. 
It needs to be picked up and used. The same for those checklists and software programs you bought with the best intention of using. Then your team pushed back a little, and you sadly threw in the towel. Here is where we talk about who is running your restaurant. Are you running it, or is your team? Once again, the staff runs many restaurants, and it's not a good situation. It's a lot like the lawless days of the Wild West. Getting back control of your restaurant will be a big challenge, especially if the staff has been running things for any time. They hate to lose power. However, if you ever want to get to the point where you work on your business instead of in your business, this is a bridge you must be ready to cross. And you want to do it prepared for the battle that will ensue. It starts with more training, explaining the why, and making the systems non-negotiable. Mistake number six. They have an outdated hiring system, or worse, they panic hire. Okay, here is where many make a fatal mistake and don't realize it. They have no system for hiring. Instead, they use the same boring questions that everyone asks. For example, tell me about your last job. What would your previous manager say about you? And what did you like about your last place of employment? <sighs> oh, uh, when you ask tired and dull interview questions, you get tired and boring people working for you. Stop that. The goal of the interview process is not to fill a job position. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but it's not. It's to find a person who is a good personality fit for the culture and the team. Unfortunately, we tend to hire for skill and forget the personality. Major mistake. Always hire for personality and then train the skills. You can teach anyone if they are coachable and trainable. You cannot change personality. Have a hiring system that asks for insight into their personality. Then, back it up with a behavioral assessment. Fortune 500 companies have used this tool for years, and you need to tap into the power they possess. They ensure that the person you are looking at is the right fit for your culture. Mistake number seven. They don't know their theoretical and actual food cost. Here is an unfortunate statistic. Only 5% of restaurants operating today know the cost of everything on their menus. If this is you, hold out your left hand and slap it with your right hand and say, bad owner. Seriously, not knowing your menu costs is low-hanging fruit that is just ready to be picked. Every successful restaurant obsesses about two food cost calculations, theoretical and actual food and beverage costs. Theoretical is also known as ideal or perfect costs. This is what, in theory, every item on your menu costs to make. Of course, we know we don't live in a perfect world since there are mistakes and waste. So that is why we need to know actual food costs. This is an easy formula to calculate. Beginning inventory plus purchases minus ending inventory. Yes. You must be doing inventory at least once a month, and if your costs are out of line, then I suggest once a week. Here's another fact that might motivate you to start costing or updating the costing on all your menus. 
The average restaurant has a difference between theoretical and actual food costs of 9%. OMG. That's a lot of money to be leaving on the table. You need to do some work to find it. Mistake number eight. They don't market effectively. 95% of restaurants that are in business post on social media. Only 5% market effectively. There is a big difference between posting and marketing that many don't realize. Posting is the same boring content that every other restaurant posts. Pictures of your food with some cheesy remark about that food. It was unique when social media first started. And now we are desensitized to the flood of food pictures that crowd our feed every hour. All the restaurants in your market are fighting for a piece of the pie. Stop competing and start standing out with story marketing. You have a portable video studio in your hand in the form of your smartphone, and yet most only use it for text messages and to take more boring photos of their food. Video is the only way to stand out in an overcrowded market. You can't wait another day not to tell your story to the world. Many restaurants with exceptional food and service go out of business because they are the best-kept secret in their town. The last thing you want to be known as is a best-kept secret. The other key to effective marketing is being consistent and increasing your frequency. Most restaurants post occasionally, which will not keep your brand known as top of feed. Today, frequency is underestimated and overlooked. You can't post just once or twice a week and think you are being effective. It's not. This will require you to break from traditional thinking and your current habits if you want to rise above the crowd. Mistake number nine. They don't have a strategic plan that they use consistently. The formula is simple. The better you plan, the better your results. So, do you have a plan for your restaurant? Or are you just trying to survive? Getting by is the default mode from which most restaurants operate. You went into business to thrive, not just survive. A flexible, massive action plan, or MAP, is critical to success in today's economy. Dining trends change. Markets shift. Guest demands evolve. Are you ready for them as they come? Are you prepared to move quicker than your competition? Adaptive planning and anticipation are the two elements you must have to survive the impending restaurant meltdown. Don't think it can happen to you? Look at well-known brands like Howard Johnson's, over 1,000 locations, Chi-Chi's, 210 locations, and Burger Chef. 1,200 locations. All gone. They might still be here if they had been more adaptable to the market and anticipated the shifts in their industries. Having a plan is not enough. You must apply that plan daily and make adjustments as needed. Mistake number 10. They don't cultivate their culture. Culture is the secret sauce that separates the good from the great from the outstanding. Every restaurant in your market can buy from the same food service distributors. You all hire from the same labor pool. So, what separates them? It's culture. I mean, this entire book has been focused on culture. 
Culture is the beliefs and values that hold a restaurant together. Think of it like social superglue. Without it, you don't run your restaurant, it runs you. Unfortunately, plenty of restaurants with potential have been killed by toxic cultures. No one wants to work in a toxic work environment, and guests won't continue to return if the culture is unattractive. Bad culture is like bad body odor. You don't want to be around it for very long. The owners and leaders' core values and mission or vision cultivate culture. If you don't think some words make or break a restaurant, you have never experienced the power of a great culture. However, getting the culture right is not easy, especially if it has been turned to the dark side. Not saying it can't be turned around, it will take more work than you expect. Culture, to me, is the soul of a restaurant. So, what would you do to save your soul? Whatever it takes. Mistake number 11. They don't train enough. Most restaurants have what is known as a training culture. They only train on the front end when a new employee is hired. Give them a workbook, have them shadow a fellow employee for a few days, and take a test. Then, they are turned loose upon the guests to work with the team. Not a good plan if you want to rise above the average standards in this business. Training is never over for the true professional. It should never stop in your restaurant either. Make the shift to a learning culture where learning and constantly improving is the goal. Don't train your team until they get it right. Train them until they can't get it wrong. That's how the most successful restaurants operate. They make training an everyday task that keeps their people sharp and focused. Mistake number 12. They leave money on the table, not maximizing their P&L. Miners, obsessed with gold, would say, There's gold in them hills. There is gold in your profit and loss, or P&L, statement. You need to dig a little to find it. The worst thing you can do is take your P&L at face value and just accept what is. No. You need to challenge reality and ask a more empowering question. What could be? Have you items on your P&L that could use a little diet mentality? Things that, if just improved by 2%, would have a massive impact on your profits. You must look at both sides of the profit equation, top line and bottom line. Too often, restaurants pay more attention to the bottom line and cut, cut, cut to save money. Let's be crystal clear that you cannot save your way to profits. It does help, and only a fool would not be conscious of the bottom line. But you don't want it to come at the expense of your brand reputation or core values. I had a client once that thought it was a great idea to buy a cheaper hamburger blend to save a few bucks. The backlash of complaints quickly made them realize that this one decision hurt their reputation and demoralized the team. It takes a long time to build trust with your guests, and a truly short time to lose that trust, when you do stupid things like that to save a little money. Far better to keep buying the quality of product your guests expect, and adjust your menu prices. For the top line, you need to take control of the sales machine 
and put some energy into stimulating sales. How? Train the team to make sincere recommendations instead of being order takers like most restaurants have on the floor. Increase your delivery and catering services. Offer prefix menus or special events like wine dinners or cooking classes that can bring in extra revenue on slower evenings. Increasing sales is a matter of being creative. Mistake number 13. The leaders have bad habits that hold their business back. Time for a heart-to-heart talk. Your restaurant reflects your habits. Those habits might not be visible to you, but your team and your guests see them. You can call these blind spots as well. Hey, they are called blind spots for a reason. The key is to open your eyes and find someone who will be honest with you. That could be a trusted friend, mentor, or business coach. You want someone who is not going to just let you slide off your bad habits. What are some bad habits that restaurant owners have? (laughs) Glad you asked. Talking over people when they are talking. Not listening. Throwing temper tantrums. Being too affectionate to the staff. Drinking or drugs at the restaurant. Being late. And changing your mind. A lot. To the point where the staff thinks you are the kid who cried wolf every time you changed something. Those are just a few habits that drive your team and your guests a little crazy. People will tolerate crazy for a while. Then they get tired of the drama and look for another restaurant to call home. Here's the good news. Habits are learned behavior. So, if you learned them, you could unlearn them too. Step one requires you to be honest with yourself. Step two requires you want to make some changes that make you a better leader. Mistake number 14. They keep poor performers too long. I know the labor pool is supposed to be tight, yet we all see the headlines saying there is a war for talent. I don't believe that. I think what we have is a war with talent. I also believe that a steady stream of highly skilled and personable people out there wants to work in your restaurant. They just are not attracted to your culture because you tolerate low performers. It's simple. Toxic cultures attract toxic people. You most likely have at least one poor performer on your payroll. So why do you keep them? They're not helping your brand. They are causing more problems under the surface than you realize. Poor performers do not evaluate the standards. They barely can maintain them. Do just the minimum work to get by? Cause friction with the A players who must do extra to make up for their slack? Cost you sometimes twice as much as one A player? You need two people to do the job of one A player. Can't be expected to bring their A game because they don't have an A game. And finally, they're content with being average. The best thing you can do is allow these people to go work for a restaurant that condones mediocrity. Stop being the nice person trying to hold on to that image that you are a good person for not letting them go. You are a good person if you allow them to leave and find happiness in the cult of average that 60% of restaurants live in. Drop the fear and face the fact that performers are killing your culture and your chances of attracting top talent. Mistake number 15. 
the leaders suck at time management. I love it when people say they are too busy. Bullshit. We are called human beings when the truth is we are humans doing. That means getting shit done. Here is the most extraordinary insight you know, yet you don't take advantage of. We all have the same amount of time each day. That is the beautiful thing about time. It doesn't discriminate. I had an interview with a manager at a new client's restaurant, and I asked him point blank, what are a few things you need around here that would make your restaurant run smoother? His reply, line checklists and prep sheets. I asked, why haven't you done them? He said, I'm too busy. That right there just made me shake my head in shock. You know it would make your restaurant run better, yet you are going for the bullshit excuse that you are too busy. Shut the front door. You have the time. The truth is that you haven't found a compelling reason to act. That is a fundamental of time management. You make time for what is important to you. If it is of absolute importance, you will find a way. If not, you will find an excuse. As human beings, we have a sad trait that we can rationalize anything. Even stuff that we know is the wrong thing to do. Very few restaurant management training programs teach or develop time management skills. Instead, they discuss how to run a shift or handle a guest complaint. Maybe 1% invest in teaching their leaders to be better at managing the most valuable asset that all humans have, and that is time. Mistake number 16. The leaders focus on the GX, guest experience, over the TX, team experience. For the last few decades, the prevailing thought was to focus on ensuring the guest experience was solid. It served our industry well, and things were good. Then, the millennials and Gen Z entered the workplace, and something shifted. You might have noticed it. Most likely, it was in the form of having a more challenging time finding or retaining staff. The new generations are not difficult or lack motivation. You just don't know what motivates them because you are using old techniques that worked on baby boomers and Gen X. Those psychological games don't fly with the younger generations that don't think of staying with a restaurant for a career. No, they want to learn, grow, and develop. You have a great chance of reducing your turnover if you provide that. If not, you better keep that ad up continuously on Craigslist. The team experience is the focus of the modern restaurant. You want to ensure your team has the resources and is constantly being trained and developed. Growth and learning are the new techniques being employed by successful brands. Incorporate different learning platforms into your training. Videos are the new medium that the younger generations look for. Time to update that boring training manual you have been using for years and break it down into bite-sized training modules that they can watch over and over. The younger generations learn by repetition, and the old way of showing them once isn't going to cut it. The team experience also means having cool perks like bus passes, family meals, and private Facebook groups for the team to connect. If you refocus your energy more on the team experience than the guest experience, I am not saying take your eye off this. 
you will see that the guest experience becomes better. After all, the restaurant business is the people business at its heart. Mistake number 17. They choose competition over domination. It truly baffles me that restaurants would rather play it safe and compete than stand out in their market. Oh, they say they want to stand out, and then they play it safe when it comes to taking action. To stand out, you must be willing to push the edge of your comfort zone. In my second book, Your Restaurant Still Sucks, I discuss the difference between red ocean and blue ocean restaurants. Most restaurant competition exists in the red ocean. It's red from the blood of the dog-eat-dog mindset. Here, restaurants compete on price, and they are considered a commodity. Look at any of the fast food chain burger or chicken sandwich wars, and you know exactly what this is. It's brutal, and the ones with bigger marketing budgets or better ideas tend to win. It doesn't matter if the food or service is that good either. That's what is terribly sad. Then there is the blue ocean market. Here, there is little competition because you stand out on quality, core values, culture, and your mission. People buy why you do what you do over anything else. We forget that there are so many different emotions to marketing, 13, actually, yet we play it safe and only show one or two. Blue Ocean restaurants understand that you must be open to sharing your story with the world to be seen. Authenticity is the number one tool for Blue Ocean restaurants. The other fatal mistake most restaurants make is not posting enough on social media. The internet is bigger than you think. That one to three posts you do each week has the same impact as taking three pebbles down to the ocean and trying to make a big splash. It doesn't do anything. It's more noise than marketing. There is plenty of noise on social media. Don't contribute to it. Mistake number 18. They have the wrong people in the wrong positions. You have that long-time employee who has been loyal and dedicated over the years, and now you decide to promote them into a leadership role. Good idea, on the surface. Most of the time it turns into an ugly mistake that ends up with a long-term employee leaving. Why? You promoted them without considering if they were a good fit for the position. It's a common and fatal trap that many get caught in. Of course, we know what our people want and what is best for them. But do we? Have we ever sat down with them and had a clear, I mean an apparent, conversation about the expectations for the new role? Have you looked at their strengths and weaknesses and developed a coaching plan so that when they hit those challenges, and they will, we have a way for them to navigate them? Have you sat down and asked them if they genuinely want the job before we just battlefield promote them? Eight out of ten times, most haven't had a heart-to-heart conversation like this. Why? Because we let our ego out of its cage. We think we know what's best for them. So, let's be clear. They need to know, too, before you hand out that promotion. Or worse, you let emotions or personal relationships decide to promote people 
or place them into a position you know deep down they are not a good fit for. But we do it thinking we can help them or change them. Give them a chance, right? Famous last words that we end up eating later. The chances you have of changing someone else are very slim. You have a hard enough time trying to change yourself, so don't think for a second that you will change other people. Your long list of unkept New Year's resolutions is proof of that. And finally, mistake number 19, the leader doesn't develop themselves. Here is the one that is the fatal blow to a restaurant's culture. The leader, if you can call them that, who wants everyone else to get better while they stay the same. You can put these words on my tombstone. All business problems are people problems. Those people problems start at the top of any restaurant organization and trickle down. Culture is a living thing that is cultivated and nurtured by leadership. It's like a pipe that carries oxygen and energy to the team and flows down to the guest. If the guest experience is weak, I trace the culture flow from the end and go up the pipe to see where the flow issue is. Nine out of ten times, it's at the top. Leaders are always the problem, and they are the solution. Suppose they can swallow their pride and admit that their restaurant reflects them. Your habits, attitudes, beliefs, and core values are the foundation of any restaurant culture. If you think you can bypass this and create a culture of hope and good intentions, think again. Culture is created by design or by default. If you don't have a hand in its creation, the staff will make one out of their habits, attitudes, beliefs, and core values. You do not want that. Changing culture is the most challenging thing I do as a coach. Toxic cultures like the way they are. That comfort zone is deadly once it gets a hold of your restaurant, and it's going to be like wrestling a gorilla to get it back. Here's the secret when wrestling a gorilla. You don't stop when you're tired. You stop when the gorilla is tired. Remember this. Negativity breeds complacency. Complacency invites mediocrity. And mediocrity is the death of a restaurant. When you fail to grow as a person, you hold your restaurant hostage to remaining the same. The sad thing is that 80% of people who run restaurants are okay with who they are and having the restaurant they currently have. Mediocrity has consumed them, and they have accepted a life and restaurant that is less than it could be. If you made it this far, you are in the 20% that want more. You know you can become more, do more, make more, and have more. Now, to get that, you will need to jump into uncharted territory, and that thought will make you uncomfortable. You need to embrace that feeling. Everything you want is on the other side of your comfort zone. We all know we should work on our business instead of in our business. But how do you do that? First, you must go back through these 19 fatal mistakes and find the ones you are guilty of. Awareness is your ally here. You cannot change something until you see your need to change. This will require you to be honest with yourself about 
how you are running your life and your restaurant. Yes, the two work together. You cannot be successful in one without spilling over into the other. If you want to break free from where you are now, you will need a coach and a path proven to get results. The Restaurant Accelerator is my signature roadmap to getting you that restaurant you want. More money in the bank, more time for what matters to you, less stress, more life. If you say that it can't be done, I have over 2,400 restaurants in the last 12 years that say otherwise. Old habits, outdated beliefs, and limited mindset keep you where you are now. To change your restaurant, you must first change yourself. It first starts with a decision to change. Thanks for listening to the Restaurant Coach Podcast with Donald Burns. Tune in next time as we serve up more ways to maximize your potential. Visit our website at www.therestaurantcoach.com or download episodes at iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify.